the saying. I've said I told Heather to come back with body wash from the women's aisle for me before. <laughs> like no joke. If I need body wash, I'm like, grab me something from your aisle. But you what you need to do is go in with an <laughs> attitude. And you need to go in and pick out your own and, and also ask for a salesperson to help you so you can sample the scent so they can know that a man has come here and demands the same type of treatment. I want the same uh, treatment that the, these other chicks are getting. I want all that. I want chick treatment. Don't just treat me like a dude. Don't point me at the sandalwood. I already got that. I, <laughs> I already got that one. Exactly. I don't need the sandalwood. I don't need the axe. I don't need the old spice. Right. I need something different. I need something new. Right. Give me that strawberry shortcake. You know, I'm saying. God damn it. Yeah. I use a coconut conditioner on my beard. It smells real good at the moment. Yeah, Boom. Yeah. Uh, there's an actual beard care, a whole trend, but there's a beard care store in one of our malls here mm. where they have, I don't know if they have different scents, but they have that skin care in there. And I think one of the main things men have learned from beard care is skin care because men don't always take care of their faces or moisturize or sunblock or any of those sorts of things the way yeah i feel like i was educated through women culture if that's the right way to say it i was cultured as a woman to care about those things but i don't think my brothers were at all they were just the spit shine and then they go outside mm. <laughs> francine did you know it's gay to wear sunscreen for men that's a health thing that's not it's weird this it's is another weird. thing when i was in middle school it's weird that, school, it's, that it's gay. i would hear guys yeah. say that to other guys and Air actually, ironically, yeah, ironically, a couple of guys who were saying it were actually gay. But I will say that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they were just I trying to, to figure out who were, else was gay. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what that was. But anyway, I, I always thought that that was stupid because it's like anything can be termed something and then automatically it could save your life and you wouldn't use it because it's gay. I just thought that was the dumbest thing. And I mainly saw Weird. that among males. I didn't really see now girls would use that to manipulate males mm -hmm. you know and make them feel bad but that would usually make them angry but when males use it against so men stupid. yeah it'd make them angry but it also put them in line you know what i mean mm -hmm. so dumb i'm with you nick i i condition my face and <laughs> use beard beard oil like mm -hmm. heather appreciates that my beard is not scratchy and yeah, that prickly smells thing, nice yeah, yeah. he's like thank you yeah, do it I for don't, you and do it for your partner, right? I don't use beard oil, but I probably should start. Um, yeah, I just you're gonna use have the a baby soon, so you want to use yeah. something on the on or shave it off. Mm -hmm. I can't do that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's the if you've seen those videos, I can't do that. The baby gets scared. True. <laughs> That's right. Right, right. What I have uh, to start doing, I shave my chest, and mm -hmm. I can't be doing that for a little bit, I have to let it grow out a little bit because when my hairs are short, they stab. Mm -hmm. They go yeah. through my clothes and stab. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah. you remember that scene in Spider-Man 1 where it like zooms in on his finger? And he's got mm -hmm. those tiny little hairs that yep. like stick to walls. That's mm -hmm. my hair on my body <laughs> if I shave it. That first like two weeks, it's, it's poking through my clothes and stabbing mm -hmm. and everything. Mm -hmm. So I need to like let my hair grow out a little bit just so it's like, long enough it's not stabbing my baby when we do skin to skin yeah <laughs> yeah i've always wondered about how men handle that i know some men have taken to shaving but the way hair grows back it's mm -hmm. some of them just let it grow and they actually condition the hair on their chest i don't want to get too personal but they will condition because they want to I mean, hold their babies and they want their babies to get used to their feel yeah. scent and the difference mm -hmm. feel between mommy and daddy you know what i mean yep. so yeah mm -hmm. yeah 
That's pretty cool, though. That's pretty cool to have that thought process. I don't think my father thought about it. Nick and I are evolved men, so you guys are evolved because my dad used to tell me I pay your bills. <laughs> I don't understand the rest of the thing. <laughs> grateful, you should be very and that was that was what I heard. That was the transition. Like the idea, your dad goes, "We're grateful." You gotta be <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, well, that that's pretty, yeah, I know. Oh my gosh, I'm like, dude, you guys are so weird. All right, let's show start show two. Welcome to this edition of Recap. I am sitting in for Josh Hyde this week. I am Francine Dash, and with me today are. Anthony, the greatest writer of all time, Arno. Yeah. <laughs> and we also have with us Nick, the greatest of all time, Holmberg. He's here to share his great wisdom and insight. And they're both here to help me to feel and think like I'm smarter. So let's see what's going to happen <laughs> on today's show. They both make me feel be- smart by comparison. By- <laughs> Not even, but we'll go with it. So on today's show, we're going to be talking about the organ market. Now you might be wondering what that is. We're not talking about the instrument. Uh, we're talking about organs like the kidney, liver, spleen. Uh, and there is a marketplace where people are buying and selling skin uh, fetuses even, uh, to people who want to have them for various reasons, not just for medical reasons. Uh, but they're, the legitimate organ market has to compete with this. They're always trying to advertise how they are different. So we're going to talk about both aspects of the art organ market today. But before we get into that very intriguing discussion, we're going to talk about today's poll. Anthony, what do you have? Now, so the title of this poll is What is Fat? Is fat beautiful or ugly, healthy or unhealthy? Are we just obsessed with being thin, something that may be harder to attain for many people for different reasons? Whatever the talking points, Americans are talking a lot about weight and have many opinions on why or why it doesn't matter. So here's an example of some comments. So if you see any comments on any of Lizzo's fat acceptance photos, you will undoubtedly find a score of batshit insane women telling her that she looks beautiful. These are comments by other people, by the way. Men do not lie to other men in this way. They do not pretend that clinical obesity is beauty. Or my wife was 25 pounds overweight after our second kid. I motivate her every day to get on the Peloton, run, walk, or eat healthy. She only needs to lose 12 more pounds to be back where she was before the first kid. I will not get off her ass until she's back because I love her. Or men saying men usually don't comment on other men's appearances because we don't care. This is a lie. This is me talking. This is a lie. (laughs) (laughs) A fat dude can be as beautiful to someone as any other dude. We have the luxury of not valuing ourselves by appearance. If only they had, if only some of these commenters had heard the pre podcast discussion where Nick and I talked about our, our beard conditioning technique. This <laughs> is right. a lie. We literally complimented each other on each other's hairs before we started recording this morning. Like, uh, or comment for I love my husband, but not his body, and he knows it. He has to lose the weight if we're going to have a life together. So, our question was when you discuss your weight, are you discussing it from a health perspective or are you just talking about how you want to look? And do you think conversations and comments like the ones previously mentioned reflect a healthy discourse about weight? 
uh, I'm gonna. I want to take this to All start. Right, I'm grabbing the ball. I'm go running ahead. with it. You I'm gonna. Okay. I'm gonna answer the second question first. None of that sounded healthy. Not a word <laughs> of that sounded healthy. It's not like in a mental, emotional <laughs> aspect. Not a word of that. Yeah. Sounded good. Yeah. Um, that sounds uh, abuse is too far. Is a is a step too far? But it's somewhere. It's somewhere in there. It's not. Yeah. Uh. Uh. No. <laughs> So I have a very, I don't think it's unique, but I have a very like specific view on body fat. Um, and it's from about, uh, how old am I? 28. So it's about 12 years of working out, exercising and learning about how bodies work. Um, I'm not like a personal trainer or anything, but I do have a lot of experience with my body and like weight loss and gaining and that and this and that. Um, so Grain of salt, I guess, since I'm not a professional. But I don't think body fat is negative or positive or, in, well, yes, positive, but I'll get to that. But it, it, and I don't think it's inherently linked to health. And that might sound like really weird, but like obesity, for instance, is a social concept. You might have in your head, oh, obesity is the person on it's my 600 pound life, right? Whatever. But can you give me a definite description of when someone goes from overweight into obesity? And the issue is you really can't. Like if you sit and think about it, what's the line? Because it's it changes and it's different for everybody. And it's also not like real. Obesity is just a term they use for the BMI scale, which is also uh, while used by our medical um uh by you used by medicine is not was never meant to be a medical scale for health so obesity and health are not linked you're not unhealthy if you're fat lizzo for instance she gets up she sings for 60 minutes she dances she works out she eats healthy but she still has a lot of excess body fat like she's a really like I don't mean to make her the poster child for it, but she's a really good example of someone who's who has a great cardiovascular system and has a lot of excess weight yeah. or body fat. Mm -hmm. And body fat inherently is meant to protect your internal organs. Now, you could argue someone has too much of it, but you're not arguing from a health perspective specifically for Lizzo. You're arguing from a social and interpersonal aspect interpersonal, uh, not as in between two people, I meant it as like your own personal thoughts on it. Right. So right. interpersonal is the wrong word. And biases. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, for instance, my body, um, the way I accumulate fat is it goes into my face first, my stomach, well, not my face first, but in my face, my stomach and my love hands. Pretty much that's it. I'll get a little bit from genetically my butt and like, then it'll start going into my upper arms. And it's really funny when I'm like, bulking which is a bodybuilding term because i'll have like really wide arms up here and then really thin forearms. <laughs> <laughs> i'll look like those like pictures of dudes who only like do upper body but not their forearms for some reason oh god yes, <laughs> yes. you gave but, me an image <laughs> yeah but um i don't think when people talk about body fat, I think it's definitely this social aspect of what people consider to be attractive. 
And I heard that like two or three times in the in the question itself, like, oh, my wife just has 12 pounds till she's back to her pre-baby weight. Why? What's the reason? Why aren't you letting up? Why are you forcing yeah, her as to like do 12 this? pounds will cause you not to love somebody? Like, right. It's just crazy. Yeah. And like, with the, no, you're you're right, though. It's 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 crazy because I think regardless. Right. If you disagree with everything I've said so far, fine. But here's a th- here's a reality you're going to have to face eventually you're going to get old and you're going to get fat. The way our society works today, unless you, if you're living in the U S specifically, we're very sedentary and just your metabolism bottoms out as you get Mm -hmm. older. Mm -hmm. Like you can, there's old people who are still skinny. Sure. But they also Mm -hmm. don't eat. I don't know how to tell you this, (laughs) but they just don't eat. Yeah. Um, my grandma my is like almost, I was about to say that. Yeah. yeah. My grandma's almost 90, smokes all day and just doesn't eat. Like, yeah. sure, she's skinny, but she is not healthy. That was my grandmother. <laughs> just would drink coffee all day. <laughs> yeah. And the, the last thing I'm gonna say is that body fat is very heavily dependent on your genetics. Right. My mom, for instance, uh runs half marathons and has abs but if you looked at her lower body just like in a snapshot you didn't see the other part of her you might think that it's someone who's like leaning towards overweight because that's just where fat accumulates in her body she's not unhealthy she's not overweight she's not colloquially fat but just the way body fat accumulates in her body she gets it in her legs and her butt yep and so that's like Conclusion, uh, body fat is commodified socially to be something like to 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 be something that it isn't because it's really just to protect your internal organs <laughs> and get and be excess energy when you need it. Yeah, I think yeah. I agree with everything that Nick pretty much said. From my perspective, it's it's pretty much the same. There's the dichotomy of fat in the health space or fat in the aesthetic space, and I think it's mainly fat and aesthetic, you know, mm-hmm. um, and the average person doesn't know a lot about what the benefits of fat are and what they're needed, what it's needed for yeah. and how it protects. Uh, so when I see comments like this, in fact, I, I didn't say this, but I'm going to say this now, the very first comment that you read was from someone named Candace Owens, who, oh. uh, took it upon herself to, uh, about right. on this, uh, campaign to educate uh specifically black women uh, and the black community about their acceptance of fatness and so in as a part of that campaign that comment was made and i believe that it was posted on lizzo's site which i thought was unnecessary and mean but um that's that's where that kind of came from so um I think that when people do that, they're not doing that to help people is what I'm basically saying. They're doing that to cut people down. And yeah. uh, I, the way that I've raised my children, I, I told them that I don't believe in fat and skinny. I believe in healthy and unhealthy. So don't be, and I have to say that because you know children are so weight conscious. You, they have eating disorders. They have uh, conditions where they don't see themselves realistically. And they'll get caught up in what other people say about how they're built or how they look. So I had to get to them early and often 
and even still it's an uphill battle. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but it, but it is true. And, uh, and I, again, I agree with what Nick had to say. About yeah. And, and so do I, I mean, um, you're right. You know, we had this, there's this, there's this general vague concept that medical professionals kind of gave us like generally follow this, but really come do an annual doctor's visit and we'll tell you if you're healthy or not. But when you're not seeing us like kind of follow this vague guideline, but that's then come see us and we'll tell you if you're actually healthy or not. Right. Doctors even vary. I had a doctor one time. It told me to ignore it. I just had one of my children and I was about 147, 148 and I'm about five, seven. And they were, according to this scale, I was obese. He said, this scale Mm -hmm. changes all the time. Right. First of all, I'm looking at you and you don't have high blood pressure. You don't have this. He was like going down a list of things that he would consider uh, issues with obese. If you don't have these things, you're not considered obese. You can't take it by itself. Right. There's there's actual indicators of health that have nothing to do with weight. How's your exactly. blood pressure? Can you go up a flight of stairs? Like there's like real right. things. Exactly. And exactly right. Like again, like go to your annual checkup and then they'll tell you if you're healthy or not. Yeah. They'll measure yeah. a bunch of stuff. Like you seem fine. But then the other thing I, I was thinking about, Nick, because you mentioned it, um, go like go look up images of Olympic powerlifters. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Sure, you'll have some with like pleasingly what people would think of as pleasing aesthetic shapes but you'll see especially among the bigger weights you'd be like damn yeah that person has a belly yeah you can't lift big weight without big they weight need that power. right right <laughs> you, you see a, just a, a bunch of, of the michelin a lot of weight you see a ton of dudes who look like the michelin men lifting <laughs> absurd amounts of weight right you think that guy's unhealthy? That no, yeah. that guy is not unhealthy. He's he's unhealthy, but not because he's fat. He's yeah. un- <laughs> but he's not. Right. Un- but he's like he's not. He's healthy, but he's not unhealthy, right? You can't lift right. that weight, but right. But, right. 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 but just because Those he's fat ones. doesn't mean he's unhealthy. Right. His shape has nothing to do with his health. Like mm-hmm. that's the point. That's like, the point. And exactly. Like, so go look at not not the the bodybuilders who you know. You like not those people, but like the power lifters, like go look at their average shape and you'd be like, okay, so shape and size doesn't necessarily correlate with health. Yes. I have to to say something. I have to jump in here for anybody, just because this, this poll kind of struck me when it was put together. If anybody is dealing with someone who's, who's, they consider a loved one that is holding this over their head. I want to encourage you to go get some help for yourself uh, mm-hmm. to find someone to talk to, to work through this issue so that you can have some healthy voices in your head about who you are, about your, your body image, because it is difficult to live in an environment where people you love or look up to uh, don't love you back the way that you want them to because of the way you're built, because of the weight you may have. So I just wanted to do a plug in there just for our mental health and emotional stability. Yeah. Agreed. I think that's good. And that's all I have. I mean, unless you guys have more to say, I kick it back to you, Francine. All right. Well, I'll take that ball. I'll snatch it back real quick before Nick comes back on the floor. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, you got me. I was on my phone for a second. I have more to say, but let's move on. Susan. All right. Mm-hmm, all right. Mm-hmm. So let's go into our, our trends and our trends are going to lead right into our discussion. Again, today's show is about the organ market, the dark side and the side that saves lives. But let's talk about the dark side a little bit with a trending story that was posted to our social media. Don't ask me when I don't remember, but it's out there. Go take a look. So this is the story. Candace Chapman Scott, 36, of Little Rock, Arkansas, a former mortuary worker, I had to slow down to say that word, has been accused of setting up the transactions or setting up transactions with the man she met through a Facebook group about oddities. The buyer was originally not identified in the federal indictment, but separate state charges in the state of Pennsylvania name him as Jeremy Lee Pauley of Enola, Pennsylvania. So I encourage you guys to look him up. He's an interesting guy. Now, so far, she's pleaded not guilty to charges that she sold 20 boxes of stolen body parts from medical school cadavers to a Pennsylvania man for nearly $11,000. The indictment alleges Scott approached Polly in October 2021 and began offering to sell him remains from the medical school that the mortuary was supposed to cremate and return. So I wonder what they gave back to the families then. <laughs> she's taking the bodies. I, I have so many questions. Now, <clears throat> this is a quote. Just out of curiosity, oh, this quote is from, from Scott when she posted it on her Facebook page in this group. Just out of curiosity, would you know anyone in the market for a fully intact, embalmed brain? End quote. <laughs> the indictment alleges Scott wrote to Polly in her first Facebook message. Now, the indictment alleges that over the next nine months, Scott sold Polly fetuses, brains, because you can never have enough, hearts, lungs, genitalia, because you can never have enough, large pieces of skin, and other body parts not identified. At one point, the indictment alleged Scott sold the remains of a fetus at a discount, writing, quote, he's not in great shape, end quote. That's really gross. The indictment alleges Scott collected $10,975 in 16 separate PayPal transfers. The 12 counts include conspiracy to commit Mail fraud, mail fraud itself, conspiracy to commit wire fraud and wire fraud, conspiracy. You get the you get the, uh, yeah. the gist of it. So there's a lot of fraud going on. Now, Polly, uh, the gentleman who received this stolen goods, and that's important for this story, is charged in Pennsylvania with a misdemeanor count of abuse of a corpse. There's some other stuff going on. There were other pieces, there were bodies. Now, this man has been found in the possession of entire whole bodies and skeletons that he has now been uh, found to have obtained legally. I don't know the legal means of buying corpses, but apparently he has. In fact, he has a website, thegrandwondercamer.com, if you're interested, where he uh, shares his fascination of the macabre and also hosts workshops and uh, conferences, if you're interested. What? (laughs) Yeah. Check it out. Check it out. Um, and I'll, I'll put the uh, website in the uh, chat here so you guys can have it. But again, he's uh, <laughs> been charged with abuse of a corpse, a felony count of receiving stolen property, a misdemeanor count of receiving stolen property, and a felony count of dealing in proceeds of unlawful activities. Right now, Polly is free on bail, but he's scheduled to be in court this coming June. 
Um, yeah, that's that's uh, the trending story about organ parts. Now, while you guys are processing this, I want to uh, throw in another story that was also posted uh, to our social media. And this is about a group or a family in Nigeria who were trying to buy organs on the black market for their daughter. And I forget what the specific organs were, but the reason why I bring up this story is this particular underground not only supplies people like Mr. Polly, but also is meant to supply people like this family in, in Nigeria um, to try to help their daughter. And the reason why legitimate organ donation systems are really appalled by this is because you never know the condition of the organs you're getting. You're taking a huge chance. Things haven't been screened. You know nothing about the donor. This is an act of desperation. But to this story, going back specifically to uh, Candace Chapman Scott and her selling these body parts, some of whom were supposed to be cremated. I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on that. Who wants to give us the first I mean, response? For starters, his, his website is very fascinating. I'm not gonna lie. I've been browsing so, it. Is that a clear your search history kind of website or? <laughs> Shockingly, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. It, he claims like it's like a like he's doing like a nonprofit like educational like educating people about like death customs and like you know taxidermy history like those kind of deals which like I mean very legitimately could be true that's like a fascinating study of interest like how human cultures have handled death is legitimately fascinating and probably useful given our fears and hangups around death and what comes next, it, mm. it probably is like a useful thing to try to help us cope better with this. That doesn't mean that like this is good, but I can see trying to be as generous as possible. I can't see a legitimate function to what he might be trying to do. Uh, not in this case, like, but I also, I mean, but as it relates to like the case, like, it really is sad because you mentioned, you know, organ shortage is a problem. Right, right. Like thousands of people die every year due to a shortage of, of organs. Um, because most people don't die in such a way that makes organ donation possible. Mm-hmm. So there's a fairly limited pool. Um, and not everyone can donate. There, There's a not every, process. Right. Yeah. It's a really low percentage of, <clears throat> of, of people who will die, who can donate, and who will mm-hmm. die in such a way that makes obtaining their organs possible. Right. Um, so it is a problem that mm-hmm. that families and individuals in need have to compete. Even if he has a legitimate reason, they still do have to compete mm-hmm. if he's allowed to buy them, mm-hmm. um, which which is why it's a crime. Because we can't <laughs> we, like we can't have families competing in a free market. You seem like you're still processing this, Anthony. <laughs> well, well, well. well, well because like I'm trying to be as generous as possible. Because what does your I can, gut tell you? What does your gut tell you? If, if like he can't be allowed to do it because there's a greater need than than educating us about death. Mm-hmm. There's a greater need, which is saving people. Yeah, yeah. So even if you have a good reason for what you want to do, you still have to go to jail. It feels like 
based on what you're saying, Anthony, because functionally, I just cannot process this story. But it sounds like based on what you're saying is that um, the, the the organ donation, the big the big organ donations lobbied to make this illegal. And now Joe Schmo can't just harvest some organs for fun. What's going on? It's illegal for him, but not for the big companies. That's not fair. But this is the other part of it. There is a true and legitimate fear that those who are underrepresented, who are poor, who are marginalized will be victims of this sort of organ harvesting, especially starting trying to get from live victims, whether they live or not afterwards. Mm -hmm. Uh, Probably less of an issue. We've seen movies about it. We've heard horror stories about it. There have been one-offs throughout history where we hear about it from time to time. But there is a legitimate concern that if we do not have a systemic way of receiving screen or screening, receiving and transplanting organs that, you know, more people than not will be taken advantage of. And those are going to be people who don't have a voice, who don't have recourse or advocacy, and it's going to just be a real hellscape. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anytime we hear about situations where people are uh, you know, that, that might be somebody's interest. Some people taxidermy rabbits, some people taxidermy humans, apparently. Um, when we hear stories about people selling fetuses or selling hearts or lungs, and, and it's outside of uh, traditional medical research, we all pause and lift a brow at the very least. We want to know what the heck is going on. Like, why do you need genitalia and are you, is there a study? You know, why do you need uh, children's hearts? Or, you know, is this some sort of weird ceremony? I mean, we can really get in our heads about this, yeah. right? So we just, we create systems that minimize our fear and concern and also possible abuses. Yeah. And I also think there's an interesting component. Sorry, Anthony, to just no, you're good. Go ahead. intercept there. I also think there's an interesting component between um, like, the animal to human thing, like you mentioned just now, Francine, taxidermying rabbits versus a human is like too personal, I think, for most right. people. Um, like when I was in biology in freshman year, I had to dissect lamb lungs, right? It's gross, yeah. but it's be, but if someone said, all right, dissect these human lungs, I'd be like, whoa, wait a minute. Hang on. No, no, right. no. I'm getting an F. I don't care. This right. is too personal now. <laughs> right. Well, right. and I was going to say, actually. Again, I, I I'm trying to be generous, okay. But I to what you struggle. just said, Nick, I see the struggle on your. It's face. a struggle, right. but I'm trying. But to right. your point, Nick, right? We used to have the the hangups we used to have around this were causing people to die. Like the initial people who had to learn about these things did it illegally, mm-hmm. and that and this guy isn't doing it for research purposes, obviously. Well. Mm-hmm. He's not doing it for medical research, but he at least says he's doing it for like a cultural research. And, you know, that's a legitimate that that can be a legitimate service to society. I think it is a legitimate service. I mean, I think there's definitely a legitimate service to that. But is this case right? Is this case a part no. of that legitimacy? And so well, because, that- because right, because he has to, he is stealing organs, potentially. No, he paid for them. I mean, I don't mean <laughs> he, he, was, he legally right. obtained he them. <laughs> Good Lord. Um, he because there is a market for selling organs. 
um, those organs cannot be used for other people. Now, now just, you know, theoretically, should, okay, here's a theory. Just let me just spitball the question at you guys, okay? Okay. What I mentioned earlier, most people can't donate. Most organs can't be used. Should people be able to buy organs that cannot be used for donation purposes? Because they may still be donated. If they've already been donated, this is my short answer. If they've already been donated, they're in the system, they've been screened and not useful. If they want to not black market, but straight market sell those, then I don't have a problem with it. Like when they die or like when they die. I just think it's gross, but I don't have a problem with it legally. You you can check (laughs) organ donor, but what if I get screened and they say, hey, you're not going to be an organ donor. Could I, should I be able to check a box that says like, let some person like Polly buy my organs? Yeah. And and then put the money into your estate. Absolutely. I think that I should mean, be your, your choice. I'm sorry. I just saw a bird go down outside my window. I'm concerned. <laughs> Did one well, of those one go. wing spirals. <laughs> oh no. I'm the organ nice talk. <laughs> <laughs> sex and bird lungs it looks like yeah, um, yeah, yeah. i don't know because i'm just trying to i mean i'm just trying to think about how we could allow people to maybe get over our cultural hangups of like death and, and bodily functions without robbing the legitimate market without robbing people of, the, of, of like organs that maybe needed to save lives i don't know maybe it's too macabre for people mm-hmm. macabre like mm-hmm. i don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Well, there's always going to be someone it's not macabre for. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, let's talk about a legitimate case. All right. Yeah. This, le- this leads into the legitimate discussion and we can bounce back between the two. I think that we can kind of like do a comparison if we like, but let's talk about John Ivanowski. I always mess up those last names because they have those extra in there. Uh, John Ivanowski, please forgive me for messing up your name. Unfortunately, he knows loss. 15 years ago, he lost his only son to cancer. And with his recent trials of going through his kidney failure, the thought of his daughter, who initially volunteered to be his donor, even being in surgery for a moment, was just overwhelming for his mind. He just couldn't handle it. So he rejected his daughter. Well, at the time, she was his only matching donor and the only donor available to him. So a year passes, right? During this year, um, Delane Ivanowski, a 25-year-old nurse, well, she was just not going to sit by and let her father wane away. So for that year, she worked behind the scenes as an anonymous donor so that her father could have the kidney he needed. And to everyone's relief, the operation was a success. But now came the time to reveal what she had done to her father. The betrayal, right? This is a quote for her. I was like, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do this. I don't care how mad he is at me. I don't care if he kicks me out of the house or hates me or doesn't say a word to me for the rest of my life, she said. At least he'll be living a good life and not hooked up to a machine. Now, she goes on to say that, you know, people don't realize how expensive kidney dialysis is. But also, after doing some research, organ donation is really expensive. You have to pay a lot of money before the donation part even starts. First, they have to evaluate your case before you get on the list. You have to be referred. You just don't go sign yourself up. So you get referred. You have to go through several tests, maybe a couple of doctors, get a referral, get on the list. There's some payments or transactions that have to happen between that time before you even get the organ. 
if they happen to find the match, they have to go through a screening process between the two. And it's, it's just a lengthy process. It's a lengthy process meant to make it equitable and fair so you don't have people sneaking in the back door or trying to use their status or money to get organs is supposed to be fair for everybody. So this uh, came as a shock to John who was overcome with emotion as he saw his daughter enter his hospital room with a matching hospital gown. Now he was obviously upset with her but extremely grateful. He was only upset because of his fear of losing another child. And I think any parent can understand that but having the time that they now have together is uh, is a gift every day is a blessing for him so it's it's a beautiful thing to see this sort of organ donation story take place and this also was one that drew a lot of attention uh, and trended pretty highly on our uh, social media so what do you guys have to say about this story now i didn't go into the dollars and cents that it cost but it was a lot i i stopped counting yeah. It's more, much more than $11,000. You know, he probably could have saved money going to another country to do it, honestly, uh, assuming yeah. he's in the U.S. Yes, he's <laughs> in the U.S. He yeah. would have saved money to get the plane ticket to go there, the car rental, the, the hospital, the <laughs> wherever you're staying, and fly yeah. back. He would have saved money. That's mm -hmm. real wild. But that aside, um, the only thing I can really comment on is like the daughter aspect because like I and this is this is coming from a very detached standpoint. I haven't lost the kid and I haven't had to get a donation of an organ or a donation from an organ from a kid mm -hmm. from one of my kids. Um, but I feel like if your kid's offering to give you an organ, you, we all kind of colloquially back of our minds know how long organ donations take to get on the list, to get someone to do it. It could be years, years upon years upon That's years. That's what they were saying. It could be years for him. Yep. Yeah, so, exactly. And so it, to me, if my daughter says, hey, I'll give you one of my kidneys since I match, I'm going to say, okay. And I get that this guy has a, has a hang up because of past trauma. I understand that. But you kind of have to like work through that trauma and realize, Hey, in the now, in the moment, mm -hmm. do I want to a be on dialysis for up, like let's say upwards of 10 years to just find a donor or B and waste a ton of money when I could be have my daughter do it way sooner and waste a lot less money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I get, picking option a uh when i fell off a ladder and busted up my shoulder uh dislocated it i was an option a person who was like i don't want to go get surgery on this that's a whole thing i don't care that there's a 90 percent rate of it falling out again i don't <laughs> give a shit and my mom said look hey you can choose that or you can get the surgery done now and your shoulder could not come out while you're lifting weights and possibly crush you and i was like it's a good point uh <laughs> and then you'll have to get the surgery later and you just wasted a bunch of time i was like yeah okay <laughs> so option b i think is the logical and smarter option once you're able to work through that like initial trauma of the lost son now you brought up an interesting point uh about going to a different country and now i do want to spring the price on you guys um a typical surgery before insurance coverage is brought in is about 1. million 1.3 million dollars for organ transplant. 
surgery. Yeah. $1.3 million. Right. So there's a cheaper (laughs) to just go abroad. So so Hmm. there, there is a, a, you may have a legitimate argument there as far as approaching the price. And that leads us back to the other story. If there is a chance that you luck up on a good kidney from our friend, Miss Chapman, is it? Chapman Scott, Candace Chapman Scott. And she says, hey, I have an organ for you. I only want (laughs) $1,000. I have a kidney. Um, I have a perfectly good kidney. um, Yeah, you have to figure out how to set up the surgery and all of that. But can you see how people might go for that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, until, um, until we address that cost gap, I mean, maybe we'll still have yeah. people like this in the middle. Well, and until we get over and funny, I mean, to to the other, you know, to Polly, until we sort of we're going to have this problem and we're going to have these shortages, probably un, unless we are able to conquer our fear of our like what happens to our body when we go. Right. Because yeah. the reality is a lot a lot more people need to consider donation. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's donating of organs when you die, whether that's being willing to donate a kidney to a stranger, donating blood. Now, I donate blood. Um, well, I don't some people like have it. religious um, yeah. restrictions, and I don't know all of them. And I'm respectful. Yeah, and yeah. look, like I don't like it. Right. I don't enjoy pumping, sitting there and like squeezing. Mm-hmm, seeing my mm-hmm. blood come out like it's yeah. not i don't like it yeah. but you get a cookie afterwards <laughs> I get a cookie afterwards, you know what I'm saying? it's all about the cookie now it's all about i the get cookie. a cookie sometimes <laughs> i get like a gift card i get Ooh. some water bottles you know at the front door okay not all bad they gave away cold tickets last year i was like man wow really you know what i'm saying okay. like <laughs> benefits to it you know but but i i, I mostly do it um because i know it'll help somebody that's good. And it's worth more to them than I can always make more blood. <laughs> Funny that. Yeah. Right. Like run out. Freaking blood so, factory over there. Yeah. Yeah. And so <laughs> this is this isn't to toot my own horn, just to say, like, I until more healthy people are willing to consider it, we're, we're gonna have this weird situation where people are gonna be looking for black market buyers because it's so expensive. Because, and, like, well, and, you and had John's insurance gonna, school in right, a country exactly. with fucked exactly. up insurance situation. Nice. <laughs> I guess that's sweet. I don't have insurance. My insurance doesn't cover this. Well, I guess you just need to come out of a, a I don't know, come up with a million dollars, go rob a bank to buy an organ or something. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Desperation breeds this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. And there are other people like John who don't want to take organs from their children. It's just right. something in them. They just don't, they don't want to even take up money from their children. It's just something right. in them that, that doesn't want to feel that they're going to disable their children in any way. But right. uh, but the, the need is so great and organs are stretched, the organ market is stretched so thinly that it, it, it puts people in a situation. That's the point that I wanted to make where he didn't go and buy it off the black market, but he did have to, and his daughter recognized this. He did have to have 
a kidney sooner rather than later. And she was the answer to that. I'm glad she answered her dad's call. I was going to say, I think it's really sweet that she gave her dad a kidney. Like that's really, really nice. That is the sweetest thing ever. I really do. I, I, I think she's, she really went above and beyond. And, but as a daughter, I, I would have done it. You know, a lot Mm -hmm. of us kids would do that for our parents. We, my, my parents, or we're like her father, they wouldn't accept it. <laughs> they're kind of old school. They're like, get out of my face. <laughs> yeah. But, but um, you know, some parents, and I don't want to make parents feel badly who do accept it because there's nothing wrong with accepting and receiving that gift. Um, but there are some people who just like, there are reasons why they don't give blood. They have reasons why they won't accept organs from their, their children. And and so, yeah, you're right, Anthony, we do need to do more on that. Now, with that being said, we have to end our discussion there so we can make room for our honorable mention. I really want to make fun, make, make room for this one because, I mean, this reminds me of, an, uh, of something that I, I did last night with, with my daughter, and I'll, I'll bring that out in just a second, but let me go ahead and get into the story. So this is the story, honorable mention, some of you guys really were cooped out by it. And let's just, just get into it. There's a rare fireball that was spotted streaking across the Northern main sky in broad daylight. People, this is a big deal because this mainly and usually only happens at night. Didn't know that. Now experts are hoping to study the meteorite um, and they're now offering a financial reward to anyone who can recover a piece of it. Oh, I see. That's why everybody's excited about it. Yeah. Now, the, the museum, which is in, a part of NASA, the NASA Museum, which is home to the world's largest specimens of the moon and Mars, is offering $25,000 for one kilo Ooh. of meteorite found. One kilo, one kilo, 25000 So somebody's going to change their kilo inventory over this <laughs> <laughs> but they're willing to also purchase other fragments too so there might be additional opportunities to sell and make even more than the $25,000 that is being offered now of course they are saying they they want to establish some rules for people who are new to this uh, sort of thing um, you know when you're they they've done some research and they realize that there's about a mile wide field um, just north of Waite, Maine, to Canoose, New Brunswick, messing up names all over the place, but I think you'll, you'll get it. Look it up. And they, they are focusing on that one mile stretch. They've been able to locate a mile stretch where this debris has fallen. And they want people to follow some basic rules before going to search. Please get permission from the landowners, the, the homeowners, or wherever they're going to search. Make sure that they um, take certain precautions. Uh, number one, getting permission and know what you're looking for. There's some rules about what you're looking for. First of all, a meteorite or rocks or parts of it tend to be heavier than they look. They're also magnetic with shallow depressions, but not holes on their surface and are densely packed interiors. Now they can be irregularly shaped and usually have a smooth rather than scratchy exterior. Now experts at the University of Alberta recommend these four tests check if the specimen feels unusually healthy, which is what I stated before, unusually not healthy, unusually weighty for its size, heavy. Test its magnetism, which I also mentioned, but they say you can use a refrigerator magnet. Check for holes and bubbles. There might be bubbles, I did not mention bubbles. And examine the outer layer for a thin black eggshell, eggshell eggshell-like crust. 
If the rock passes all four, it may be a $25,000 meteorite. So this got me to thinking, guys. This could be a wonderful educational experience, or this could be a sequel to the movie The Blob. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah. And, and then I'm thinking to myself, if you guys have already figured out where it is, why don't you go get it? Why are you sending yeah. out innocent, unsuspecting? Look, yeah, it's wait a minute. -like, it's an eggshell-like item with holes and heavy. Y'all sure there's nothing inside it? <laughs> according to Sounds. the movie, why is it so dense? Yeah, according like to the movie, me, son. <laughs> my daughter and I, my daughter and I, during movie night, watched is it the Blob or the old school movie when everybody who was playing a teacher, a uh, teen teacher, everyone who was playing a teenager was like in their thirties, like yeah. Steve McQueen version. So we're watching this, and this guy goes out into his backyard or whatever, and he picks up a meteorite, and immediately this gel type substance starts to consume his hand. So I'm, I, I say this partially in jest, but on a serious note, I think that this type of hunting should be left to professionals. But, but what do you guys think? Nah, I'm all out there. Amateur, am, I'm all yeah, You amateur. want that 25K? You into that 25K? Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Well, get your one kilo on. How about you, Nick? You, you're in the kilo business? I don't know, because like at first I was all about it, but then you mentioned, why is it so heavy? And um, now I'm suspicious. <laughs> now go get that money. Go get that money, Nick. 25, 25K is not worth uh, getting eaten to me. You're going to have to pay <laughs> me more. That's a lot of diapers, Nick. It's a lot of diapers. If you make it home, we have, a, we have a Sam's Club membership, so we're going to have a lot of diapers. <laughs> if you make it home. Well, if people I make it home, right? Yeah, people definitely check out that story, among others, on our website. Uh, we really uh, appreciate the feedback that we get from you guys. Um, and and uh, let's, let's say it's Instagram and Facebook have created this opportunity for us to kind of take a look at the reach. So now we're able to see who's connecting with what stories and um with that we're going to let that be the final word again i want to thank our listeners and those participating in our social media I want to encourage you to continue this discussion along with all the others on our social media pages on facebook and instagram at pointcaster this podcast has been brought to you in part by Eliad productions a studio podcast i can't talk today a studio for podcasters and musicians and anybody who's got anything to say and of course pointcast news to listen to any of our podcasts please go to our website at pointcast.news or visit us at apple Podcasts. also be sure to like and follow us on facebook instagram and twitter and of course, be sure to join us next time. So am I doing this dash out thing? Am I dashing out? Do it. Dash, yes. dash out. <laughs> it's not cool if you don't hit the record button at the right time, though. It's just... Really no, they'll cut it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dash out. <laughs>